0: Afternoons with Matt Webb. Hey, Bridge
1: 17 minutes past three now and I'm pleased to say that our very special guest joining us on the line this afternoon is the broadcaster Mark Goodyear and he's going to be talking to us about uh, some charity cycle rides that he's doing in Devon and Suffolk in aid of Prostate Cancer UK so a very good afternoon to you Mark and it's a pleasure to have you on Cambridge 105 this afternoon
2: Afternoon, it's a pleasure to be with you
1: And uh, first of all tell us a little bit about your uh, background in radio for people who haven't heard your name before.
2: I've been radio and TV presenter for probably more than three decades. I, I guess people might know me from Top of the Pops and from Radio 1 although I had a long uh, period on Classic FM and the Smash Hits chart and Radio 2. And um, these days I run a business called Wise Buddha, which manages Radio Holland and also is uh, one of the world's leading suppliers of radio jingles and uh, radio imaging amongst many other things too and i still occasionally do the odd show as well
1: wonderful stuff and uh, you're going to be taking part in two cycle challenges in devon and suffolk what do these challenges specifically entail
2: well they are the saxon classic and the jurassic classic cycle and they are organized with prostate cancer uk to do a couple of things firstly to fundraise but also to to draw attention to prostate cancer which is the, uh, the biggest killer in the UK. of uh men it's a, it's as, a, as an important health challenge as breast cancer is for women and i've uh, been a supporter of prostate cancer uk for many years so the uh, sex and plastic is a new event and the uh, uh the the jurassic event i've done uh to my great pain several times and uh I'm looking forward to doing it again. So
1: how's the training going for uh, this year's events?
2: It's a little early. These events are in uh, the the, uh, Saxon Classic is in in, in the summer, starting in Ipswich on uh, Sunday, June 22nd. So I'm kind of a little little early in my cycle training. My general fitness for a 52-year-old is probably pretty reasonable. I'm on the bike most weeks, but I'm not seriously training in earnest to be doing either the 100 or the 160K yet. I, I am hoping, uh, I haven't done the route before because it's a new event, I'm hoping that the uh, Saxon Classic is a little a little uh, easier on on one than the uh, Jurassic is, and that because the Jurassic in August is an absolute killer. starts and finishes at Exmouth, and it's uh, that's a serious event.
1: Absolutely, it sounds like it is. And uh, are you looking for members of the public, perhaps the listener, to come along and support you, or, or maybe even take part in the well, event?
2: T- well, I'm, w- I'm much more interested in... Uh, people coming and participating for themselves rather than supporting me personally but I'm also interested in people supporting prostate cancer UK uh, and I'll tell you why that is my father-in-law retired at the age of 65 and by 67 he was dead and he was dead because he had prostate cancer which uh he felt a little bit unwell and his GP didn't uh, recognize the symptoms symptoms that he described a few times and so from, from you know, enjoying a long retirement which uh, in which he would have been with us today, this brilliant guy, my wife's um, father, uh, died within, you know, a year and a half of retiring from uh, work, working all his life. And nobody should be in that position. By that I mean no family should be in that position. Mm-hmm. No grandmother or mother of adult children should be in a position where uh that they have to deal with that. And that's why I support Prostate Cancer UK. And um, so if you, um, what I'd say is if you're a fitness enthusiast, come and do it because it's brilliant. If you uh, know somebody who's, Uh, and and actually the more it's really interesting in 2013 and 2014 there are many more people who've heard of somebody with prostate cancer because people are talking about it more there was a time when men didn't talk about those illnesses but not only is the disease becoming more prevalent in in the way that we live today but also people are talking about it more so if you know somebody uh, come and join us and enjoy the ride and raise some money to raise more profile for this uh, remarkable charity that will save lives.
1: That's absolutely right. Uh, Prostate Cancer UK had a recent advertising campaign which I think most people will have seen on television featuring Bill Bailey and that, that tugged at the heartstrings to a, for a lot of people. There's been lots of comments on the internet about how successful the campaign is, is, has been doing to raise money for, for the vital cause that is Prostate Cancer UK.
2: Yeah, I think um, there's two things about it. It's, it is about raising money but it's much more about raising awareness because although the charity does need money to support uh, finding a cure for prostate cancer. It's also the other the other role of the charity is to make people think. You get to the age of fifty, and if you feel a little unwell, uh, don't bottle it up and don't not talk to anybody, go and see your doctor because the difference that it could make uh, over a period of choosing to go to the doctor or not over a few months is the difference between life and death in some cases. And think about it for yourself if you're the guy, but also if you're the partner of somebody who perhaps has has changed a little bit and we all do change in middle life, don't we? You know, the awareness thing for the Prostate Cancer UK charity is really important. It's it's just as important as raising funds. And that's amplified by the uh, Men United campaign that you referred to that Bill Bailey has done those great TV spots for. But lots of other people, Damien Lewis, Charles Dance, Michael Parkinson, Will Carling, have been very supportive uh, in expressing something about the symptoms or something about making sure that you present yourself to your doctor. Uh, these events that the Prostate Cancer Charity puts on, as well as uh, raising money, are about making people think about either their partner or, if you're a bloke, think about your own health and do, do, do yourself a favour, but do your family a favour by going and seeing the doctor if you feel in any way unwell.
1: That's absolutely right, Mark. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you on uh, Cambridge 105 this afternoon, even though it's about uh, Prostate Cancer UK. And uh, obviously, there's sometimes a lot of stigma attached to uh, cancer charities and bits and pieces. It's nice to know that there's always people around who are raising money and helping raise awareness, including yourself. So uh, thank you very much, Mark, for joining us on Cambridge 105 this afternoon. And the very best of luck with your cycling challenges ahead of you.
2: And you should come and do
1: it too, Matt. <laughs> I, I might take you up on that offer, actually, Mark. Thank you very
2: much. <laughs> and why don't, you, why don't you say you actually will? Come on, you can do it. Shall I do it,
1: Ellen?
3: Yeah, go on,
2: you can do it. I'll do it with you.
1: Okay, then, I think... Yes, go on then, Mark. I'll, I'll take part. There's
2: two more people raising awareness <laughs> and raising... and that's how it
1: should be. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Thank you very much, Mark. It's been a pleasure talking to you on Cambridge 105 today.
2: All the best. Thanks for having us.
0: Afternoons with Matt Webb. Cambridge 105
1: now joining me on the line uh, to chat about prostate cancer uk in a little bit more detail is the chairman of the organization william russell very good afternoon to you, william thank you very much for joining us on cambridge 105 this afternoon
4: afternoon to you
1: you're the chairman of the organization but you also have a connection because uh, you live in triplo actually which is just down the road from cambridge
4: Yep. no i live in, in triplo I lived in uh, cambridge for uh, a number of years now and obviously triplo thanks for the daffodil weekend but uh, yeah, no, I've been uh, local for a, for a long time.
1: Absolutely. And tell us a little bit about uh, your background within the organisation Prostate Cancer UK.
4: So I became a, a trustee um, of the charity about five or six years ago. I read, uh, lots of, I read an article, I think, about uh, prostate cancer and I suddenly thought, you know, here's a charity that seems to be, you know, the, the world doesn't you know about prostate cancer. And ever um, then I saw an advert for a trustee in the, uh, in the papers. And I applied and I I became a trustee and was asked to be chairman of the charity in October. And I took over from from someone called Paul Forster, who was a brilliant chairman, and uh, he uh, actually had prostate cancer. Um, In fact, I'm one of the few trustees or board members that uh, doesn't have have prostate cancer. So fingers crossed that it doesn't uh, follow the chairman. But that's how I got involved.
1: Okay, and uh, tell us about Prostate Cancer UK for those who may not be familiar with your work.
4: So, Prostate Cancer UK is, I think, the largest men's charity now um, in the UK, and we merged with Prostate Action about uh, a year and a, a year ago. This time last year, and you know, we do a lot of work uh, in, on research and um, also help men, um, more men, survive prostate cancer and enjoy a, a much uh, better quality of life. And you know, uh, we linked up with November. So every, uh, November, every November you see all those men growing their mows and November uh, have given us substantial sums of money over the last uh, couple of years that we put towards, uh, towards research.
1: And uh, you've recently had a, a big advertising drive on television. We were talking to Mark Goodyear about this uh, a few minutes ago and it featured the comedian Bill Bailey. The, uh, the campaign is called Men United. Uh, tell us a little bit about that.
4: Yes, yeah, so Men United um, is a yeah, campaign we, we, we launched last month and uh, originally our target was for, for 25,000 men to, uh, to sign up and I would urge everyone to go on to, to, to Men United and, and take the, uh, there's a test, a five question test and, and sign up and join the campaign. Amazingly, we have now had 138,000 sign up. So it's really uh, something where we want to raise awareness. Uh, we want to create this army of supporters who um, you can campaign, spread the word, and yes, of course, we'll and raise some funds. But um, awareness is one of the big issues, and men are just not very good at talking about uh, uh, prostate cancer and we just want everyone to be much more aware of it and 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 uh, and talk about it
1: a lot more. Yes, that's right. It's uh, often difficult to get men to take an interest in their health. Would you say this is one of the biggest factors with a lot of men being diagnosed late on with the condition?
4: Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, you know, not having the conversations earlier on is what causes uh, the disease to uh, on, on what is causes the disease to take control. Um, you know, we need uh, we need men to uh, to talk about it a lot more. Um, and you know, if there are any concerns, uh go and see their gp and uh, and talk to it about their gp but um the other thing which i would also add is uh, women are a very important part of this because of you know all the women can help men talk about it and help their man you know if there is an issue
1: that's right and uh, obviously we've been speaking to uh, radio presenter mark Goodyear about his charity cycle rides he's doing to uh, help raise awareness and raise money for prostate cancer uk do you stage many events and what do they normally involve
4: well, we, we do those two cycle. Uh, uh, we're doing, well, the Saxon Classic is the one coming up and the Jurassic Classic. But we, we do do the London Marathon. And like a lot of charities, in fact, this year we've got 250 runners have signed up. I'm uh, also very pleased that one of uh, the, our team is Michael Owen. So everyone who knows, he's the sort of Liverpool, Real Madrid. And
1: England, uh, England's, and England's England. Of support, course, yeah. England
4: Strider, absolutely. And he's helping raise money for Prostate Cancer UK so we do. Uh, so that's another event that we, we do. But the bike one seems to be the bike events seem to be events that are sort of taking hold very nicely.
1: Do you tend to find that if you've got celebrity endorsement with one of your activities, it tends to get more people involved, or do people tend to come and take part in the activities even if there isn't a, a well-known face associated with Prostate Cancer UK or the event itself?
4: Well, celebrity endorsement always helps. Um, but I mean, I, you know, and 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 Mark being part of that. And then, in with Men United, we've had, I think Mark mentioned, uh, uh, Damien, Damien Lewis, and Will Carling, and and others who have have helped endorse it. it. Yes, it does help, but hopefully people will 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 think about what they can do for Prostate Cancer UK. I mean, you've seen what. Um, the breast cancer charities have done and they've been absolutely outstanding and uh, you know, we've got a long way to go to catch up with them
1: really Yes that's right and uh, do you have a website where people can find out more information and if they particularly yes, want to take know, part in an event as well?
4: Yeah if you Google um, Prostate Cancer UK it's, it's all on there um, and, um, and also if you Google Men United um, I reiterate that you can all um, sign up hopefully you will. Matt sign up so go and take the, te- the test on Men United and see whether you pass it
1: I will certainly um, go and do that after I've finished off the air today.
4: Well, there's, there's, one, of the te- one of the questions is, where is your prostate? And so far, all the people that have taken the test, I think 37% got it right. So that just tells you um, how much further we've got to go to get people to know where their prostate is. Um, even though, to put it in perspective, two years ago, that, that figure was 9%. So we've moved a long way, but we've got a lot further to go.
1: You need to really get it into its 90s and 100% really, don't you? Absolutely.
4: We want every man to know about
1: prostate cancer. Absolutely. And uh, William, it's been fantastic talking to you today and uh, keep up the good work with your organisation. And uh, we hope that these cycle challenges and the awareness campaigns that you're running on television at the moment are a great success in getting more men to talk about their health. And more importantly, go to the doctor if they've got an issue which they think needs to be looked at.
4: Matt, thanks very much, and I'm very pleased to hear that you've signed up for the cycle uh, race, and um, hopefully others will follow you and, and join you.
5: Community radio in your city.
3: It is now that time of day uh, where we have a guest in to talk. And uh, I'm now being joined on the phone uh, by Gareth. Very good morning, Gareth. Good morning. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here at 105 Breakfast. So um, the reason why we're talking to you today is about volunteering opportunities because you've got a volunteer open day, haven't you? Yeah,
6: that's right. Um, Tomorrow morning we're running a a volunteer open day. Um, We've got a large team of volunteers here at Anglesey Abbey. Um, but we're opening up some more rooms to the public um, during the course of this year, so we're looking to boost our numbers.
3: OK, and um, what kind of roles are you looking to fill?
6: Um, we're looking for volunteer room guides and also mill stewards. We have a we have a working water mill at Anglesey Abbey, um, and we rely on volunteers to open that up to visitors as well.
3: And... Um, out of interest because I haven't, I haven't been down to visit you yet to be fair, if people haven't visited you before what 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 is it what is it exactly what 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 exactly is there? I mean I know you've got the mill and you've got the abbey what kind of um can you give me a bit of history on on the abbey
6: yeah sure I mean the uh, Anglesey Abbey dates back to the thirteenth century um but mostly what you see today um, is the legacy of the first Lord Fairhaven um who lived here between uh, nineteen twenty six and nineteen sixty six and he he left the abbey to the national trust when he died, so so we um, we show it just just as it was left by Lord Fairhaven.
3: So, can I ask about your role? What exactly is your title? Sorry, can I ask? Yeah,
6: sorry, <laughs> I'm the house and collections manager. Okay, so, um, I, I look after the house, its collection, and and the volunteers who who help us open it up to the public.
3: Okay, and um, I, I'm assuming they're open over a, over a season. Is that right?
6: Yeah, the the house is open. Um, normally between March and um, October. But but the gardens, we have fantastic gardens here as well. They're open 12 months of the year.
3: Because you have your is that snowdrop festival you had, wasn't there? Yeah,
6: Pretty we're bad. deep into snowdrop, snowdrop season this time of year. It's a really busy time of year for us.
3: And so if people are listening in and they want to, to find out more information, where can they go?
6: Well, if you want to come along to Anglesey Abbey tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'll be there and some members of the team will be there to talk about the roles of volunteers here and we'll be doing guided tours for interested volunteers as well.
3: Okay and um, do you have a website?
6: We do yeah it's www.nationaltrust.org.uk and you can find Anglesey Abbey from there.
3: Fantastic all right then and uh, so for people who want to just come down and and visit the Abbey itself so um, they can come down tomorrow that's um, 10 till is that 10 till 1?
6: Yeah 10 till 1 if if, um, people could arrive at 10 o'clock then we'll be starting tours Quite, quite soon after that. And um, then if they, if, um, if they come along tomorrow and they're interested in volunteering, we've got another workshop for potential volunteers on the following Tuesday. People could, could skip the first day if it's not convenient for them and come along on Tuesday, the 4th of March at 1 o'clock.
3: Okay, all right then. What can I ask? What kind of benefit? I mean, does it bring to the National Trust that you have your your volunteers? How does it help you?
6: Well, we we couldn't open the the property really without volunteers. We have about forty paid staff at Anglesey Abbey, but over two hundred and fifty volunteers. And I think the National Trust relies on thirty five thousand volunteers each year.
3: Okay, um, so, so you're quite a you you rely heavily on your volunteers to keep things open and and running.
6: We do. You know, we we do we do provide benefits for volunteers. Um, travel expenses are paid um, and there are other benefits such as a uh, volunteer card which will give them entry to national trust properties as
3: well okay so there's loads of reasons to get involved so just to recap then today from you uh that's uh, tomorrow 10 10 o'clock if you can get there for and um you'll have a tour around the house to find all information about how to get involved is that correct that's right, yeah. All right, thank you so much for joining me on the phone today. Uh, I really, okay. really appreciate your time and um, good luck with it. I, I plan to come down and, and have a look around, certainly. Um, if I have some, had some time, I'd, I'd love to volunteer as well. Okay,
2: we'll be glad to see you there.
3: Thank you, okay, Gareth. Thank, you, thank you, you very much. Thank you.
2: From 10 till
0: 1,
3: Mid Mornings with Phil Rowe.
7: Healthwatch
8: Cambridgeshire is a champion for people using health and social care services in Cambridgeshire. They're an independent local organisation. Their job is to make sure the voices of the people of Cambridgeshire are heard in making important decisions about local NHS and social care services. My guest today sitting in the studio with me is Sandy Smith. She's Healthwatch Cambridgeshire's chief executive officer. Uh, good morning to you, Sandy. Thanks for coming in and spending some time. You've uh, come over to see us from Huntingdon, which is where you're based, I believe.
5: Yeah, that's right. Good, good morning, Phil. Um, yes, we are based in Huntingdon. We cover the whole county, so um, we just had to pick somewhere fairly central, really, but we do cover the whole county, um, and we spend quite a lot of time on the road going out and about talking to people, so making sure that we have a whole county focus.
8: I had not heard of uh, Health Watch. I have to say, in my ignorance or plead ignorance, uh, Sandy, and uh, you are, though, new... We are. So you're coming, if you like, onto my scope, onto my radar. And the way I found about you, as the listeners would have heard me say earlier on, is through shapeyourplace.org, where you are signposted. Uh, We met Ashley Whittaker here last uh, Wednesday morning, talking about um, that little facet of what uh, some of the services are available from the local authorities. And that's a little sort of portal website where people can get their views about uh, anything in their neighbourhood, Along their street or in their district that they feel might need changing or maybe for the positive sometimes so we should really break down health watch and ask you really what it's all about really it's a very open question
5: Right, well, what it's all about is about hearing people's experiences and um, making sure that those experiences are heard by the people that make the decisions Um, because we want to make sure that people, as they plan services and they're spending a lot of money, and there's also a lot of money to be saved, so we want to make sure that the savings happen in the right place, everything happens as smoothly as possible, and from a person's perspective of using the services, it works for them because people know what works for them. Um, So we want to make sure that we get as many views as possible about as many different services as possible um, and that is right across health and social care and public health as well so it's a full spectrum um, and we'll feed that back to the people that are making the decisions with the money uh, in lots of different organisations.
8: So you're kind of go it I suppose a bit of an agent working between the community the public and those say in the NHS were they are the people yeah. you would uh, mainly be um, targeting in turn? The um, NHS.
5: Uh, well, it's, it is the NHS, but it's wider than that. It's also the local authority. Um, it's also um, the the NHS is provided now by providers of acute services at hospitals. It's primary care is provided by GPs. Um, NHS England commission GPs and commission other services. So there is a it's not just a one monolithic NHS anymore so (laughs) we it's pretty complicated for people and and that's one of the key things as well we see our job as is explaining this quite complicated system that we've got in place and making sure people can understand um, the system and so make an informed comment and an informed judgment and then when it comes if you should need treatment or care you can make an informed decision about that treatment or that care so as well as feeding back to the decisions it's about getting people more knowledge and understanding out to everybody
8: so i'm trying to think of a good example let's say i had um uh an infirm grandmother Mm -hmm. i don't anymore sadly but and therefore i was a bit concerned about the way that she was being looked after by uh say the care system because she had to come to the home say every day to make sure that she was got up and got dressed and she's safely down the stairs or whatever but if i was i'm just trying to think what would are you are you my sort of uh, uh output if I was someone in could contact if I wasn't really happy with the way things were were going for the care or treatment for my yep. grandmother a- I would come to you you', you, yeah. you, you if you like be, have become a new source
5: yeah we offered so, so there's two ways of thinking about that um, one is that we offer an information signposting service um, so we can't do case work we can't take on casework but what we can do is make sure that people can get to the right place so if somebody wanted to know more about the one particular part of the care system or how maybe their eligibility um, for, for financial help or the contribution they had to make to their care if we wanted to understand that more we could direct them to sources of information and help them understand that um, then on the other hand if things really weren't very good at all with some care that you were getting we can help somebody understand the complaint system Now, we don't want people to go down the complaint system because obviously we want a system that works so wonderfully nobody's got any complaints but in all reality I don't think that's ever gonna happen It'd be nice if it did it's a good aspiration um, so in reflection of how fragmented the, the, the health and social care system is, it's really hard for people to understand how to complain. Mm. People So on our website, um, we've done some flowcharts and we've actually worked out the different elements of the health and social care system, where people go to complain for each part of the system and where they can get support to do that as well. Um, so, so we're trying to come at things from different angles.
8: If you had uh, say a complaint about your local health practice, maybe your GP as well, mm-hmm. one of the uh, you know one of the villages nearby, could we come to you with that?
5: Um, you can come to us, but we would direct you how to take it forward. Um, right. That's so, so advisory a, as much as
8: anything. advisory
5: so yes. it's very much the signposting end of the information because um, and there are a number of other organizations that do that around as well so we're making sure that we link in with people like the CAB and Disability Cambridge share and, and other people that offer information so that that's joined up and um, it, it, it's not just another place where people can get lost in the system um, but it's very much about signposting but 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 making sure that people understand as well not just sending people off with a with a printed sheet <laughs> definitely not
8: so being ceo how many uh, have you got in your team um
5: there's eight of us all together um half of us are part-time and half is full-time we've got a team of coordinators um who um are out and about all the time making links with the voluntary sector community groups um we're currently recruiting volunteers um and we're doing that in a in a Phased way around the county, um, so it would be great. At some point, um, we have just finished recruiting in in Cambridge actually, but the next time we come around, maybe we could we could highlight that and um, um, to your listeners. Um, but also, we are looking for um, for people's stories, and um, that that's really what we're looking at at the moment. And there's there's three specific areas that we're looking for stories at the moment. Is is around the one. The new 111 service, um, discharge from Brooks and also use of the ambulance services. So, if anybody has got any of those experiences—good, bad, indifferent—suggestions, comments, whatever—please do contact us because we would really like to hear that. It's
8: really it after feedback. And that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, that's
5: what we want. Yeah
8: positive sometimes as well as negative absolutely yes. of, absolutely people often have some very nice things to we say about
5: yeah and we don't want to be you know the staff in the NHS and, and social care work really hard and we, and we don't want the last thing we want to do is to be seen as a big stick that goes around just bashing people over the head We want to be really constructive and say this is really really good but then maybe could we do a little bit of improvement in this area um, and also knowing what's if you know what's good you can then also make sure that if there is money shifted around it's not moved from the good things <laughs> (laughs) to improve something else because then that might be the problem so um, yeah we really want to know about good the good things
8: too i'm really pleased that volunteers have stepped forward particularly in cambridge city Mm. in this area so suppose you go up to fenland or you go to east cambridgeshire and start targeting there for volunteers as well what would you be expecting from the volunteers? What what will they do for you as part of your team?
5: What, what we're looking for is people that can do an outreach role. So we're looking for people that can go out to the, the little clubs and community centres and your mums and toddlers groups and the WI and, you know, the real little groups to get Health Watch Cambridgeshire known, but also to collect stories so that we've got that two-way communication going on with the wider population as possible we we want everybody to hear about us
8: slightly controversial question maybe i don't know but you do you feel that what you're doing is going to carry weight uh to to the nhs and to the other interfaces with yourselves do you think that i mean i would hope so but do you think they're really going to listen to you with the stories that you've been fed from the community from the public and do you think it really will mean that there's action uh, that will occur as a result positive action you're nodding your head in the affirmative it's a in the very yes. good
5: question and i'm optimistic yes um, it's too early really to, yeah it's, to it know, is early it? to know i mean we are we have had a very good response from both the county council and the the clinical commissioning group um um, that's that's fairly new and also the hospitals are really pleased to be working with us so so far the relationships are really good um we've had to challenge on a few points as, as we would and we've had very constructive feedback so so far so good um We are part of a national network as well, so we have got, uh, um, we can escalate issues. So we have got teeth and we work very closely with the Care Quality Commission as well that are bringing in a new um, inspecting regime. So we're working together with the people that do similar jobs, but we're focusing on what our particular job is, and that is about people's experiences.
8: I'm glad you used that expression just then, that you have got teeth. It doesn't mean that you are going to be taken seriously. Uh, Was the initiative really from central government to set up Health Watch across the counties of uh, presumably England and Wales also in Scotland
5: yeah yeah, absolutely uh, there's a national network of Health Watch um, and we have an umbrella organisation called Health Watch England um, and they're very supportive and we're doing lots of work with other local Health Watch because it's a bone of contention constantly is is the fact that people that live on the borders is really difficult for people that live because the way that services are delivered by authorities have very strict borders so one person may live on the border in norfolk they may use a hospital in suffolk they might use the g it's it's those cross-border issues are really difficult so it could be
8: if you lived in a village like upwell which i think is in norfolk but an outwell i think if i'm right is in cambridgeshire so you're literally probably a neighbor yeah. Just divided by the high street changes from Upwell to Outwell. I'm just thinking that exactly. little place just near Wisbeach. Suddenly you're directed towards King's Lynn and the Queen Elizabeth Hospital and its services, I guess, versus i don't know the local hospital there's a small mm-hmm. one in wisbeach i believe isn't there Or sort of, sort of further afield going to someone like peterborough of course where you've got main yeah. services so it can be yeah. can be difficult i guess mm-hmm. uh, but talking about the other counties did they all come uh, online and on stream at the same time as cambridge or has it been a phased across the uk then sandy it's
5: it's more or less the same time uh, at the same time as we were set up as part of the um, health and social care act in, in um, the year before last now um so we were part of the changes that brought in gp commissioning um, and so we the, the law came in at, at the same time. Um, we were set up in different ways because different counties who, who actually are our commissioners um, took different approaches to setting up the Health Watch. So some Health Watch are hosted by other voluntary sector organisations such as the CAB, some such as ourselves. We're our own organisation, we're our own community in co- interest company. Um, and other there's other some other unusual arrangements with... with NHS that, that get very complicated. But but there's different models of health watch across the country.
8: You're talking about three initiatives earlier on. So uh, if you can remind us again what uh
5: yep, you've got it's, target areas. Yes at the moment. It's about people if you've had if you've used one one one, if yep. you've been discharged from Edinburghs. Brooks um, or you've used the ambulance service in the past. Say, um, I think we're thinking around the last three months, really, because these things change very quickly. Um, we'd like to hear your stories, um, and you can ring our office. Um, you can use a, there's a form on our website. Um, our website is healthwatch mm-hmm. um, There's forms on there for, for you can tell us our sto- t- tell us your story, um, or you can ring our office, um, which is 01480 420. Six to eight. Um, we're also we're also looking for people to join what's something we call, we've got called a consultation network, which is a very loose arrangement of, 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 of quite a number of people now that we send out consultation opportunities and opportunities to participate more in specific pieces of, of consultation. Um, so, for instance, Anglia Ruskin came to us and asked us if we could find people to help them do some workshops around setting up their new district nurse um, training. Training. so we, we we did that so if people want to join that as well that's also on our website on consultation network and we'd love we want as many people as possible to join that because we just can't get enough comment back it's great to have people's comments some excellent tie-ins
8: there really sandy we
5: know a little bit more about health watch now good which
8: is just something as i say we hadn't crossed um certainly this uh, radio station's uh, radars up until now thanks very much for coming in today thank you to very much for the approach.
5: invitation it's been really good
8: sandy yes. smith Chief Executive Officer for Healthwatch, Cambridgeshire.
0: From 10 till 1.
3: Mid-mornings with Linda Ness. Cambridge 105.
0: Whether we believe in ghosts or not, most of us are fascinated by the paranormal. Now, I know that I am. However, most of us wouldn't go out of our way to try and encounter the supernatural. Well, today I'm joined by two guys who are part of a group that does just that. I'm delighted to be joined today by James Edwards and Matt Young from the Cambridgeshire Ghost Research. And this group are involved in the serious investigation and research of paranormal phenomena. So welcome to Cambridge 105, James and Matt. Good morning. Good morning. So... How many of you are involved? This is a very interesting topic, I have to say. How many <laughs> of you are involved in Cambridgeshire ghost research?
9: Um, there's eight of us in total. Uh, we have six investigators, um, and we also have two spiritual mediums that help us with our research.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, so, and do they go with you to all of the all of the events that you go to, or just um,
9: not? Not all of them. I mean, we normally them call them out if if we feel it really warrants a sort of a medium coming out to have a look at what's going on.
0: Okay. So, what made you want to become involved in paranormal research? I mean, ha- have any of you had experiences and uh, that piqued your interest in the subject?
7: Um, I've had experiences when I was a teenager. I was once on a track um, in the, in the middle of in the middle of nowhere, pretty much. And I was walking down the track, and I heard um, what sounded like horses and cart coming towards me, but there was nothing there. So, there's, there's been. I think everybody's had some kind of experience in their lifetime. That's that's um, that they can't explain. So I think that fascination alone has, has sort of um, made me interested
9: in the paranormal. Really,
3: yeah,
9: yeah. And for me, it's been yeah a lifelong interest, sort of from reading books as a child and then having um, personal experience of my own. And just yeah, that's why we formed formed the group to try and get answers to what the, these unexplained and events. That,
0: and that's what it's about trying to seek answers really to 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 find out
9: what's really going on there.
0: Yeah. And you use equipment as well, don't you? I I was I've checked all this on your website of course. (laughs) I was snooping around (laughs) Um, you use equipment to help you detect paranormal activity. Can you tell us about some of that stuff?
9: Um, yeah, I mean, we use a, a wide array of equipment that sort of help us on our, uh, our cases. Um, we use, uh, like, camcorders with night vision capability um, for, for visual phenomena that's reported. Um, we also use audio recording equipment for um, if the, the, the phenomena is reported that is, like, voices or strange noises. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we, we also use... Um, things like emf meters and k2 meters uh, motion sensors uh, but we kind of tailor it for each each individual case obviously if it's yeah like so visual we use camcorders um, and things like that so yeah I think like, primarily it's it's camcorders
7: and audio and when we use the, the k2 meters and and that yeah. kind of thing but for more experimental reasons because you know it's, it's nice to have all this equipment there that can that can uh, pick up the phenomena
0: mm-hmm and people contact you, do they? Is that how the investigations come about? Do,
7: um, yeah, ma- mainly people contact us via the website and Facebook as well. Um, we, we generally, after communicating with them, we'll, we'll set up an initial meeting with them um, just to sort of assess their case. And if we feel it warrants further research, then we'll, we'll conduct a full investigation.
9: Mm-hmm.
7: So that's normally how it comes about,
0: yeah. Uh, and, do, and do you charge for these uh well, these investigations.
9: Um, no, we we don't charge. Uh, we're a, we're, we're a non profit making organisation. We are we're self funded. So although a cup of tea wouldn't go amiss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Quite right as well. Or a spirit, maybe.
9: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. My guests today are from Cambridge Ghost Research, and I have with me James Edwards and Matt Young. And this is a really really interesting conversation actually about the things they do. They go out looking for paranormal activities. So. Of course, key question, do you re- do you usually find a rational explanation for, for these goings on?
7: Uh, yeah, most of the time there, there, there can be a very good rational explanation. I mean, um, a lot of the activity may appear to be paranormal, but often, you know, we find uh, explanations for it and it helps the client understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for, for them to jump to conclusions. Yes. Um, to...
0: So it's a kind of heating systems and and water yeah,
9: exactly. Yeah, they can, can have perfectly normal explanations like yeah, a house settling or yeah, central heating system. Um, yeah, there can be a whole number of number of things to explain it away, but sometimes on the odd occasion, yeah, we can't we can't explain it. We
7: can't it. explain it.
9: And, and sometimes we have personal experiences while we're
7: there as well. And, and and that helps validate us as going in to investigate.
0: Oh wow. So you've seen or heard things. Yeah,
7: yeah. yeah we've exactly. certainly had things, you know, we've we've had feelings, we've we've seen shadows. Um, I I've been touched before by unseen hands, which was quite freaky. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like well I can imagine. Because that's kind of unusual. You don't expect these things to be physical, do you? You expect it more to be sound or...
9: Yeah, you know. I mean, it, it can be uh, yeah anything from visual to auditory. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes people, yeah, you get you feel like you've been touched on the back of the head or, yeah, have your clothes tugged.
0: Yeah, I was once tapped on the head really hard, actually. Oh, yeah. And there was nobody around for, you know, I was in a room in my own. That was very frightening. <laughs> yeah. And I've tried to rationalise that for a long time. And I can't, you know. But, well, you know, maybe maybe my head was popping out or
3: something <laughs> the skull
0: was shifting i don't know <laughs> i'd rather think that than somebody was trying to hammer me <laughs>
4: yeah
0: so when you do find things okay you, you, you find maybe you know something you can't explain and and maybe people are frightened by what's going on what, what do you do is there a way of resolving problems like that
9: um i mean we're primarily primarily uh, a research group and we sort of can't guarantee to stop the paranormal activity taking place but um, in the past we have um, helped people um, firstly, we kind of try and calm the situation down. So yeah, we have to yeah we have to separate try and separate the normal from the paranormal uh, and, and bring like an objective viewpoint to the situation. Uh, we we sort of carry out technical investigations to help um, establish the facts and try and gather evidence to suggest there is some uh, paranormal activity taking place um and if it is causing the client concern then we will um, ask our mediums to come in and get their perspective on things yes. cuz yeah from a spiritual point of view
0: uh-huh and uh, presumably they can Hopefully, do something about it. Or
7: yes, I mean they have they have done before. I mean, some people don't believe in them, some people some people do. Um, but um, even even from our skeptical point of view, when we've had them in, they've been very impressive to work with in, in some of the cases we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have blown and, us away, and they the have class. yeah they have blown us away with some of their information they come up with. And you do, you do think how how do they know? Yeah, how do they know this?
9: You know, yeah, really we amazing. don't give them any information before the investigation, so we'll bring them in sort of cold. cold and, and, yeah. and the information they yeah. come up with is yeah quite astounding gosh and what
0: what's the most frightening experience that you've that you've had working in an investigation
9: um,
7: one of the ones recently we did it we did a, a, a case and myself and James got forced out of a room mm. um, we still can't explain it to this day and it, it was almost like an unseen force almost like a strobe effects in in our heads and it was kind of telling us to get out it kinda, we didn't yeah,
9: see anything us, yeah forced us um, back out the room it was a very it, odd experience and we certainly s- didn't still feel struggling to explain it yeah we didn't feel right for a day or so after that I and mean, no. that's probably the worst one it was just like having a strobe in your face Goodness like, me yeah going yeah. off and sort of backed us out of the room almost like an energy I guess like yeah. It's uh, yeah feeling yeah well the, the, the k2 meter registered it so the the k2 meter went right off the scale uh mm. went right up in the red so the the, the equipment was registering it as well mm. um as well as our personal experience at the same time and we, we both experienced um, the same feeling and, yeah, we had to get, get out of the room. Gosh, wow. <laughs> so
0: would you describe yourself as the moulder, you know, who wants to find something, or the scully who's trying to prove there's nothing there?
7: See, that's a difficult question because from a scientific point of view, I'd like to say that I'm scully, but, but moulder also because
9: there's also that unknown factor. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm kind of on the fence, really, with yeah, that because yeah. I'm a bit of both. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree there. I'm, I'm some somewhere in between. There, yeah, I'm, I, w- I want to believe there's something out there, but we also have to look at it from a Quite objective skeptical point of view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to obviously to research it seriously.
0: Yeah. Oh, this has been really, really interesting, and thank you very much for coming in today to talk no about problem. this. Thanks for how, having us. How would people get in touch with you? You know, should they? Um, you know want your services
7: um, you, c- you can search on uh, Google if you just type Cambridgeshire ghost research into mm-hmm. Google we're Google friendly so um, alternately our website is wwwcambridge ghost researchcouk um, you can also find us at Facebook as well um so get a contact there. Our website's got loads of extra information about the equipment we use, if we've got pictures, lots of audio yes, for you Yes, it's your a very to. good
0: website I have to say, actually, chaps. Yeah. And yes. there's also
7: a page on there where you can actually tell us your ghost story. So if you want to post yes. your story,
0: uh-huh. um,
7: if, if you don't want to directly contact us,
9: then you can you can share your story with uh, And also if there's any listeners out there that have got strange goings-on in the house, and yeah, please get in contact and we'll, we'll come out and see if we can find answers for you. Yeah
0: absolutely and, and, and this area i think is, is ghosts you know, lots of ghosts lots of old old
9: buildings yes. so um yeah it's yeah, yeah. historic town so city <laughs> brilliant
0: <laughs> okay thank you very much to james edwards and matt young from cambridgeshire ghost research thank for you coming in for today, today. Thank to, you. to speak to us here at cambridge 105 thank you thank, thank, thank you. you all
4: about the city
6: cambridge 105